Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Paul had that thing on a string last night. Like, so on a string last night. I just don't, I, I said earlier, I don't see how people felt like he was done. Like, where do you get that? Like, where do you get it from? Like, I don't, I just don't get it. Do you look at his age and look at the 50 million that he makes and says, well, he can't play anymore? Do you, is you, that, look at, you look at the walls, the walls he kept hitting in the postseason, but he did. I mean, Jay, he, he did change his body. Like, he did do a lot of the things that LeBron started doing that, even Melo started doing those guys are all cl- you know close friends as we know, but he changed a lot with himself physically to allow himself to continue to play at such a high level. But where he is right now, I just feel like he's a guy that just keeps Jay adding to his legacy. Did you guys uh, get what he meant when he talked about how later in the league they've changed to drop coverage? When it, we use it in open, we use that sound. He talked about changing the drop coverage. So what he means, and he's probably the best in the game at doing it is whenever they guard ball screens. Now you'll see bigs that will, if the ball screens around the three point line, you'll see the big guarding the screen around the free throw line. It's almost like safety, right? Mm -hmm. Like a safety in football. He just kind of sits there and CP three is so good at coming off that. They call it snaking in basketball means like you come off and you come off like an angle where you kind of like weave it inside out and you like navigate. Steve Nash was great at doing it. Mm-hmm. He was one of the best at doing it, Ooh. but it allows so much more room to operate. And he's a master at the mid-range game, too, and those little floaters and skip pass. Like, he is absolutely brilliant. And that goes to tell you the, the kind of mindset and the basketball IQ that CP3 brings to the table. He is a basketball genius. Thank you. You get to that point as, a, as an athlete where they always talk about, I know, Rick DiPietro, number one pick with the uh, New York Islanders in 2000. He, he would say to me, like, that's the athlete nirvana, where you're old enough to, with the experience in your brain to know what you need to do, and you physically still can do it. Absolutely. And that's what it looks like CP3 is right now. Well, it, it's, it's um, what I would call anticipation, right? You, you, I, I know, okay, I see what you're getting ready to do, mm-hmm. so I'm going to anticipate it. I'm getting there way before you even right. think about it. And, and that is something that – happens because you've done it routinely over and over again. You, people may physically think your body may not be able to hold up, but your mind ain't going nowhere. You're not like senile. You know what you're doing. Mm. So it's, it's all anticipation. I know what I'm getting ready to do to you. Like like when you think about CP3 on the, the uh, I'll call it a yo-yo pass, where oh he basically spin the ball back toward him like in golf or something along those lines where all of a sudden he goes, he knew he was getting ready to do that to them. That wasn't something that came at, at, at you know, right then and there. He knew, okay, when I get down there, this is what I'm getting ready to do. Mm-hmm. They don't know what I'm doing, but I can anticipate what's going to happen. The ball's going to come back to me, and I'm going to be able to just hit it right at the corner. It's all that experience that is setting him up now into the conference, again, into the conference finals, step closer to the NBA finals. A guy you'd love to see there. One star, for sure, at least in the conference finals. But then we look at the Nets and what's happened to the Nets since they left Brooklyn. I, I, guys, I find it to just be remarkable how the script has flipped on Brooklyn. Since they left Brooklyn, where they looked like they were going to run away with that series against the Bucks, They I f- dominated I, I thought Milwaukee. the Bucks would get that one in Milwaukee. I thought that. Because you go back home – you got momentum. You you fighting for your life right then there. You can't go down 3-0. True. You know, the fans are going crazy. They they act like they never they won anything before. They got to a great before. start. But remember, they got off to a great start because of the fans, like you said. 
But then, Jay, that second quarter of game three got ugly and turned right back to what the Nets were doing in the first two games, completely dominating them. They did have a chance to win that game. Didn't. Fine. But game four, that's like that danger point of any series where you feel like you're dominating and then it starts to slip and then you get that injury. And now you're in a best of three where you could argue at this point the Bucks have momentum and the Nets have a lot of questions to answer, including this question. Kevin Durant now, can he carry a team by himself uh, if they don't have Kyrie answer that, Jay and James Harden? <laughs> I mean, can any individual – I mean, Luka tried to carry the Dallas Mavericks to a degree, but you Jokic need – just got Porzingis, swept. You need Tim Hardaway Jr. You need supporting cast to help. Like, I, I throw this whole narrative out the window about one guy carrying a team. Like, LeBron James might have carried Cleveland back in the day. LeBron – that might be the only dude I've ever seen have the skill set to be able to do something like that. So, like, I, I'm not going to get into that. That's a very media topic conversation. Like, can one guy carry a team? I, I will say this, though. Three scenarios. If James Harden, Kyrie, and KD were on the floor together, this series would have been a sweep. Yep. It would have been a sweep. I agree. Yeah, With go- just KD and Kyrie, you still would have given the advantages to Brooklyn, without a doubt. With just Kevin Durant? Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn should lose this series. Yeah, go go ahead, answer that, Jay. You go right ahead, answer that. Oh, I, don't, I ain't backing down <laughs> look, anything. Look, look, you ain't gonna find hey, me up here afraid <laughs> on my platform to talk about what I want to talk about. <laughs> look, Jay. Hey, I must leave that alone. I'm gonna leave Kevin Durant name out my mouth. No, uh, I, I uh, comparisons. It, the, the the great thing about it is I'm always one that believe. I'm, I just I believe he can get this game in Brooklyn, and hopefully his running mates, if they don't play in game five, can come back and help him in game six. I just believe that deep down, because of the stress, the pressure, that much like Jay is saying, people or eyeballs are watching to see if he can do it by himself. Because mm-hmm. there's only been one guy, really, in, in all honesty, that has to a degree carried his team, and that would be LeBron James. And he lost. He he carried a bunch of I don't even know half the team that played with him like Popeye Jones or something like that was o, playing. Oh seven, yeah, when yeah. he was a young kid. Larry, Larry Hughes, Larry Eric Hughes, Snow and those guys, yeah. Snow and those guys back then. He carried them to the championship and they lost. Other than that, everybody well, you could also argue the year that everyone got hurt. Uh, Kevin Love, uh, Kyrie Irving, they all got hurt in that finals. Mm-hmm. And then there's the J.R. Smith turning, you know, <laughs> yeah, but, that game yeah. one moment, too. That was another final. Oh, or the grab off the backboard, yeah. the whole deal. But yeah, he's done he it a still lot with had them. He still had them with him at times, though. Yeah. And so it's – it's. But, but if KD, he just needs to get this one. All right, but let me – Just you, this You're game. the guy that said, as a Laker fan wearing his Laker hoodie today, you're well, the guy that a, said yeah. – Legend about well, Kobe, but okay. Yeah. But you're the guy that said for about Anthony Davis when the Lakers were facing their their issues in the first round. Yeah. And he had the the groin injury. Whatever it was, it was an injury. It was an injury. <laughs> it was a plethora Check of injuries. Check the chart. <laughs> but you said he's got to play. I don't care if it rip, rip it off the bone. You've yes. got to play. Yes. Do you say the same about James Harden for game five? I, I don't say five because it's not a win or go home. The Lakers. Close, though. Yeah, but it's not. Six is a win or go home. All right. So, yes, James Harden has to rip it off the bone in game six, and he probably would say the same thing. Game five, if he can go, go, depending on how you feel, because it's not a win or go home. 
AD's game, if my memory serves me right, was elimination. Was elimination. Mm-hmm. You win, you end, you cold one more, you lose, you're going home, you're on your way to Cancun. That's not the case with James Harden. Jay, what is, what, what is, what sh- how should the Nets handle this, especially with Harden? Because remember, it's hamstring tightness, not a strain, not any of that stuff. They say, and the, the latest is, uh, according to Malika Andrews, that what Steve Nash said was that he's progressing, but he still there's a gap that he still has to make up in order to return to the court. Only one day off between games here. Now, I know it was an afternoon game yesterday, but it's still one day off today, play tomorrow, then one day off, and play a possible elimination game if you don't win tomorrow. Well, if you're Sean Marks and company for the Brooklyn Nets, a GM with James Harden, you sit down and you say, okay, with the doctors, hey, if you were to get injured again, is there any long-term structural injury that we can have to your hamstring? And I think if you understand the science behind that and where that is, then ultimately if he's in a position to say, hey, there isn't, and you could potentially go, I think you have to sit down with your star player and be like, what do you want to do? I mean, you can want him to do something all else, but – at the end of the day, that's going to be a James Harding call if the doctors say, hey, like maybe we don't recommend it, but it's not going to hurt you long term. That's going to be up to James Harden. Now, look, James Harden is a competitor. I think he's really going to play. Just hamstring injuries are really difficult to come back with the way that James Harden likes to play pace-wise. You know, so That's inter- the problem. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing about basketball and football, when you have these game-time decisions and you ask a player in football if he can go – if a player says he can go, it affects the way you set your roster because there's only 53 men that can be up. Right. And all of a sudden, if you say, well, Keyshawn can go, and then I get out there and I can't go, it now – I just lost a spot. We just lost a spot. Yeah. We, might have, we may have needed that extra linebacker. Well, you've got to That's prepare. That's interesting yeah, thing. You've got to prepare either way, but more than likely the Nets preparing without Kyrie Irving in – a pivotal game five. Ooh. Adrian Wojnarowski joins us right now, our ESPN NBA insider on the Goodyear Hotline. Woj, good morning. Uh, what is the latest on Kyrie, and, and when morning, do we guys. expect to know more about his status for game five? Well, he left the arena in Milwaukee yesterday with a walking boot on, with crutches. Uh, I don't think there's a great expectation that he can turn this around uh, and be ready for Game 5, but he's got a day uh, in between here uh, for treatment, for rehab on that ankle. Uh, but but it sure felt last night like, you know, a, I don't know if the word's a significant sprain, but but certainly a real sprain. And uh, I, I don't think, and I think it'll be the same with James Harden, you know, we'll have a real sense until tomorrow pregame. But I think with Kyrie Irving, the Nets were certainly preparing uh, for um, the reality that they wouldn't have him in Game 5 and perhaps even longer. But, you know, sometimes with injuries, uh, you know, the x-rays were negative. Um, you know, perhaps there's a way that that turns around in the next 24, 48 hours. But certainly the Nets were prepared for worse than that. Well, how does this play into the way that the Nets in the medical staff and the front office look at the James Harden situation based on where they are with Kyrie. Yeah, I mean, Keyshawn, human nature is that, listen, if James Harden is close and he can play, you'd want him to play. I I don't think they're necessarily handling it that way. They've got to handle it as a separate case, uh, independent from really uh, the Kyrie Irving situation. Um, You know, 
James Harden had made progress and had started uh, to work his way back, but there was no sense that he may be ready for Game 5. Steve Nash had said yesterday that there was still a gap uh, that he had to close to be back. But knowing Harden, you know, what a competitor he is, uh, you know, often earlier this year when he had that hamstring injury, the Nets had to kind of save him from himself. He wanted to keep playing through it. And so this is going to be a real difficult choice for them because they still have a little bit of a cushion. It's 2-2. They're not down 3-2. And so do they try to buy more time and play a game five without Harden, knowing that we can't be eliminated and give him more rest, more time, and then perhaps bring him back when you're facing elimination? Those are all the questions that they've got facing them. I don't think they have the answers to them yet. And I think with Harden... Uh, especially with an injury like that, they'll take it right up to the game, see how he feels warming up, whether that's game five or game six. Uh, but the Nets are in a real tough spot here um, with both Irving and Harden out and trying uh, to put a lineup together that could perhaps uh, win a game five and at least maybe give them a little more of a, uh, that cushion away from elimination uh, to buy them more time for Kyrie Irving, James Harden. Woj, how much more pressure does this put on Coach Bud, considering that there is no James Harden or Kyrie Irving, that now the Bucks would be the favorites to win this series? Yeah, listen, there's been pressure on him this entire season. When he left the bubble and how the Bucks lost and were eliminated last year, I know even with the Giannis injury in the playoff series uh, against Miami last year, uh, that his future was going to be judged on how this team uh, how they advanced in the postseason. It didn't look great down 2-0 and being down four, almost 50 points in Game 2, but it's amazing how quickly it can change. And now all of a sudden, you know, because the Bucks were able to hang on in that Game 3, kind of steal that win, now all of a sudden with the injuries, it's 2-2. And uh, listen, I think Mike Budenholzer, uh, I think, you know, we can judge this game to game with him, but... Uh, I think in Milwaukee, they wanted to see that it looked different and that they feel that the organization, that the team with the roster they have now had progressed. It is hard to be judged for any team in this league against Brooklyn when they're at full strength. We we could fire 29 coaches in this league because they can't beat the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, That doesn't really make sense. But I think for Milwaukee and Mike Budenholzer, you're right, especially Jay, with the injuries now, uh, you know they have an opportunity here to break through, and if they do, uh, I think that's going to uh, certainly impact uh, positively his future moving forward. If all of a sudden he emerges in a conference finals with perhaps, let's say, Philadelphia, if they survive this series with Atlanta, we've got Woj on the Goodyear Hotline. Woj, a, a, a developing really good story that we're seeing right now in the playoffs is the Suns winning in a sweep, but also Chris Paul advancing to another conference final now for him and, and what a story really it has become, what he's been do, able to do, not just in Phoenix, but it seems like in all of his stops, he raises the culture in, the, in these franchises now. What, what are you hearing around the league about, about the, maybe if, if it is an appreciation for Chris Paul at this stage of his career? And I feel like I'm one person that thinks that if there's anybody to root for to get to the finals, he's one guy you're rooting for. Yeah, you know, listen, he was a player who, when you consider where Chris Paul stands in the history of the game at his position, who the last thing for him was to break through and win big. 
you know, he's been to a conference final, but now the chance to take a team to the NBA final, something he hasn't done. Uh, I just think there's a tremendous amount of appreciation, respect for Chris Paul. And, and I think it gets, you know, it's funny, people talk about, you know, people wrote him off, and I think it was his contract. I don't think people ever wrote Chris Paul off or didn't say Chris Paul was still an elite player in the league. The question was, was he still a player who matched up with a contract uh, in the 40s, you know, 44, 45 million, wherever that deal is this year? And certainly uh, he answered that question. But it's funny, when you think back to the offseason and that trade to Phoenix, the Suns had to be convinced to do that trade. Chris Paul wanted Phoenix a little more uh, in the early stages of that than they wanted him. He liked, He saw the roster there close to L.A. where his family is, and Oklahoma City and his agents had to sell Phoenix on the idea, really, hmm. that he would be the final piece to that. I'm not sure the Suns thought, and now, listen, it was taking a lot of money on, there's no question, and that's always been something with Robert Sarver, um, that people question his commitment. But uh, once they were convinced in Phoenix that he could dramatically improve that team, I don't know if any of them saw this coming. We, we saw them as a playoff team. He would be able to get Phoenix into the postseason. Uh, but I think even in Chris Paul's wildest imagination, I don't know if he thought, hey, we could be a team in the Final Four uh, of the NBA playoffs, and here they are. Well, he's set to make $44 million mm-hmm. next year for the 2021-2022 season. Is there any chance with the way he plays, if they get to the finals, or who knows, even better, could he get an extension at 36? Absolutely. And I, I think that's the hope. And he could, you know, he could opt into his contract and add years onto it. He could opt out, become a free agent. Uh, Phoenix makes all the sense in the world. I, I think with the success they've had and um, uh, that it, it's, it's hard to imagine him going anywhere else. It's going to be like anything else, Jay. It's going to be a negotiation. Uh, but certainly there are other teams uh, who have need at point guard, who have cap space. But none of it makes sense if you're Chris Paul. And and for Phoenix, uh, for their fan base, it's hard to imagine a scenario where they don't work out an uh, an extension. I would be surprised if he went into the last year of his deal. Um, I don't think they'll have to do that. But, uh, you know, that's certainly one to watch here. They're going to have to pay some people in Phoenix. Mikael Bridges is probably a $20 million a year player. DeAndre Ayton is up for his rookie extension. Uh, I'm sure they're going to want a max. And so all of a sudden... Uh, there's going to be a cost to this for Robert Sarver, and, and then we'll see his commitment to, to be able to keep this thing going in Phoenix. Woj, the game four tonight, Clippers take on uh, the Utah Jazz. Is, is Donovan Mitchell going to be available? What's his status? Yeah, he's fine. He, he tweaked that ankle uh, in game three, but he could have gone back into the game. You know, they were down 15, 16 points late. And Quinn Snyder just decided, I'm gonna, we're going to keep him out. It's, there wasn't enough time, really, to think you could make up that difference. But, but uh, he's a go. You know, Mike Conley Jr. continues to be out um, with that hamstring injury. Uh, they've listed him as doubtful for Game 4. Uh, I don't get the sense yet that he's really close to returning. So Utah has had to play without him. Uh, we'll see if he's upgraded for this game. Uh, but I get a sense that he's still a little bit away. Mm. So 
we see there's obviously in this time of year, it's when teams aren't in the playoffs, they're looking for coaches. And Portland is one of the jobs that's open. How much is Damian Lillard's future in Portland tied to whoever they hire or whoever will take that job? No, it's a good question, Alan. I think it's a question that candidates are asking. But, you know, Damian Lillard has never – he's been very consistent through uh, his career and, and in the last year or so that he, he's a trailblazer, and that's where he wants to be. Uh, certainly there was frustration with how the season ended, but I haven't gotten any indication that he wants to be somewhere else. I don't know that the Blazers have, and they're conducting a search – uh, for someone to coach Damian Lillard and to coach C.J. McCollum and co- coach a team, you know, that should have aspirations of not just making a roster that shouldn't just make the Western Conference playoffs, but is good enough to advance at least a round in them. And so uh, uh, Chauncey Billups is certainly high on that list in Portland. Neil O'Shea, their president, uh, has history with Chauncey. Um, and so that's a candidate to continue to keep, to keep your eye on. Uh, Chauncey's got interest. From, from really all the teams with openings. Um, and so he's going to, I think, have some options here. Uh, he's in his first year on the Clippers staff. He's made a great impression uh, with that organization. He was a head coaching candidate before he joined the Clippers, and I think he's only elevated uh, his candidacy with teams uh, by spending this year as an assistant with Ty Lue. Well, Point game four tonight uh, of the Jazz and the Clippers – uh, we're, we do NBA countdown together. Where are we going? We going to Utah or we going? Uh, where are we we going to LA? Where are we going, Woj? Talk to me here. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to know a lot better. <laughs> we are going to know a lot better after tonight. We've got to see. We've got to see Paul George and Kawhi both playing at a real, real high level consistently for the Clippers to win this. They're not going to win it with their role players. They need their stars to be stars, and I think that's going to be. Uh, that's what gets the Clippers over the top. And if that doesn't happen, Utah is going to advance. See, it's always about location, right, Woj? Always about location. <laughs> Great answer, Woj. Great answer. <laughs> Appreciate your time, though, Woj, as always. Yeah. All the best. Jay's, the one, Jay's been the one <laughs> complaining about location, not me. <laughs> oh, man. Woj, right, wow. Big reveal. We'll Tell them private stories, Woj. <laughs> Talk about a Woj bomb. We got one right here on the show. And that's Woj <laughs> <laughs> on the Goodyear Hotline. Keyshawn J. Will Zuma were presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. So Jeff Van Gundy joining us next to tell us what he saw with Kyrie and the Nets, plus the MVP's early exit. That's next. Are you all right? <laughs> Timeout called by Steve Nash, and it appears to be the right ankle of Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving injured midway point of the second quarter. Milwaukee take advantage to tie this series up. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Lawu Cabarro, and then the hook shot off the catch block. Perry, who got to the steal, got his shot swatted at the end of the trip. Nice. Holiday into the paint, lob the rim, alley-oop dunk. Bonacera, everybody. Milwaukee's tied the series at two. It's 101-84. That's the call from Sean Kelly, P.J. Carlissimo on ESPN Radio. As Giannis and the Bucks even their series with the Brooklyn Nets, they win game four, 107-96. We are now 2-2 in the series. Giannis... Recording his fourth 30-point, 10-rebound game of the season. The Nets, though, it's the first time they've scored fewer than 100 points in back-to-back games this season. But to add to that, Kyrie Irving leaves the game after playing just 17 minutes due to a sprained right ankle. Game 5, Tuesday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, with coverage on ESPN Radio starting at 8 p.m. In the West, Nikola Jokic, the MVP, was ejected as the Denver Nuggets were swept by the Phoenix Suns who won game four, 125-118. First time since 2010 that the Suns are back in the Western Conference Finals. But Jokic ejected after a flagrant two in the third. He's the fifth MVP to be swept in a playoff series all time. Chris Paul, 37 points in game four, became the oldest player at the age of 36, to average 25-10 and 10 in a playoff series. To the ice, Keyshawn. The Islanders, they win game one of their Stanley Cup semifinal with the Tampa Bay Lightning. They win it 2-1, to one, virtually mistake-free hockey, stealing home ice advantage as well against the Lightning. Woo! Game two, that's right. Let's go, ice! Tuesday night back in Tampa. Now, since the creation of the conference finals in 82, teams are 32-2 and two when they take a 2-0 series lead in the round before the Stanley Cup Final, and if they make it there, you and Jay are with me at the Coliseum Sports Center. Brought to you by California Almonds. Whether your best means being the best bingo player in the office or the best volleyball player on the planet, you're going to need some help. Almonds are your snack to keep your head in the game and your body energized. So refuel with almonds. California Almonds own your every day, every day. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Alan Hahn in for Zubin. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. The playoffs suddenly taking a turn as the Phoenix Suns sweep. They move on. Great story in Chris Paul. Donovan Mitchell injury. Keep an eye on that. Clippers, Jazz, that series continuing to see if Clippers can hold serve. And then the series that really looked like it was almost over after two games suddenly has flipped, and that is the Nets and 
the Bucks, as we just talked about. And joining us right now was on the call yesterday on ABC for Nets Bucks, Jeff Van Gundy, the coach, joining us right now on the Goodyear Hotline. Jeff, good morning. Uh, as a coach, as you look at the injury situation now with the the Nets, how do you adjust if you're down to just Kevin Durant? You're so used to relying on your stars. What do they do so that it's not so easy to just take the one guy out of the series? Well, I think they need, and I think Steve Nash spoke to this, they need uh, more of a five-man offensive emphasis where not on every possession they're trying to go to him to create every shot. I think, you know, Jeff Green is is a, a good addition back in their lineup. You know, they've got to get Joe Harris being more productive. Uh, but they just, listen, when, when you're, you're, they have very good complementary players but there are going to be stress now to produce in high-level situations if Harden isn't back or Irving isn't back, and it's going to be more difficult, but they can't think that Durant alone will bail them out. So Durant's got to be great. Uh, Maybe they get more favorable whistles as far as how much contact is allowed uh, in Game 5, but then the other guys are going to have to produce. And uh, Steve... Nash is going to, you know, he's going to have to try to keep piecing it together so they put up enough offense on the floor to give themselves their best chance. Jeff, how great has P.J. Tucker been in this series defensively just with the effort that he's utilized to guard Kevin Durant? Well, he uh, is is physical. Uh, he's tough. He keeps coming. And uh, – the playoffs are just officiated differently. So he's able to use his strength more so than Durant in the last two games is able to use his uh, finesse and skill. So uh, I'm really interested in watching this as it continues. Do the officials continue to allow PJ Tucker to use his physicality or does the game tighten up and Durant is able to use uh, more of his finesse and his skill. Uh, I think it's a fascinating subplot. Speaking of the physicality, we saw it last night as Nikola Jokic looked like, I mean, clearly got frustrated. In fact, that's what he admitted would happen. He gets a flagrant two and is ejected from the game. The Nuggets went on to be uh, swept by the Suns. But, you know, you, you've seen plenty, of course, throughout your coaching career uh, when it comes to physicality, when it comes to confrontations in the playoffs. What was your reaction when you saw that play, and did you immediately believe that would be a flagrant two? Well, it fit the criteria. Uh, wind up, impact, and follow through um, were all present. you know. And then it becomes a nebulous nitpicking um, if it's just excessive or unnecessary, right? So um, I'm, I'm not sure how they came to that conclusion. Uh, when I watched it, um, I thought I would have gone with the flagrant one, but I can understand why. I mean, he put himself in a bad position. First of all, let's not confuse that with physicality. That's just a bad basketball play. That's a basketball play born out of frustration um, in being down in the series and being down in the in the game. And so I don't really feel badly for anyone because that wasn't one of those things where a guy's trying to make a basketball play 
and it went wrong, and then he gets ejected. This was clearly just, you know, just a bad basketball play. Coach, how, how surprised were you that the Suns swept and brought out the broom against the Nuggets? I was surprised. I, I thought, obviously, without Jamal Murray, I thought the Suns were the prohibitive favorite. But Jokic being so good and – you know, Michael Porter Jr., I thought, would score um, well in this series. Uh, so I, I was very surprised. But, you know, Phoenix, that backcourt, you know, Chris Paul, rightfully so, is getting uh, major credit. But Booker, obviously, is a great, great talent. And what I love about how they've assembled their team is DeAndre Ayton has progressively gotten better and better. Uh, but they've they found a lot of guys who are – tough and hard playing and physical and they've surrounded their best players with the right kind of complimentary players. They have an outstanding team and Monty Williams has done a tremendous job in bringing out their best. Who's the best team left in the West right now, coach? Uh, The most talented team is uh, the Clippers in my opinion. Uh, But I think, uh, I'm going to still give the nod to Utah if Mike Conley can get back. The Mike Conley injury has been, you know, undersold because we've we've been talking James Harden and now we're talking Kyrie Irving. But the Mike Conley injury uh, is having a huge impact on the rotation of Utah. They can still win that series, but as far as for championship hopes, it really, if he can't get back and be – better and be who he is, it's going to have a major impact on their championship aspirations. Mm. Remember when I was trying to come back to, to play after my injury, I had a workout with you guys when you were at the Rockets, and I actually got destroyed in that workout, and I was having a hard time talking. You're like, look, I need you to be an extension to me on the floor. It's important you talk through these drills. As you watch CP3 be an extension of Monty Williams on the floor, how special is it? what Monty has been able to do considering losing his wife, considering all the things that went into this year and what this team has been, that he's been able to bring them together this way. Yeah. You know, you saw it start last year in the bubble. I think Um, usually I don't believe in the carryover impact from one season to the next, but they played very well. And I think what it gave their management was hope that if we do add a impact player, like Chris Paul, that we can be a playoff team. I don't think anyone saw it playing out, even the Phoenix team. I don't think they saw themselves being the second seed in the West and and competing for the top seed. Uh, But Chris Paul, I think a lot of times the playoff losses and sometimes the harshness of those playoff losses overshadowed some people's opinions that he didn't come through in the biggest moments. Uh, and this guy, as we all know, is such a great, great player who, with his physicality, his skill, and his mental acuity, he, he makes a major impact on teams. And I think it really helped that uh, Monty Williams and him had prior history together. Um, I think that give, gave them each an understanding of what the other one was going to be like so they didn't have to try to work through that and form a bond in this COVID-related year. So uh, 
Chris Paul, like he should have gotten like that, the MVP consideration that he, that he did get because he earned it. He earned it with his play. He earned it with his leadership. He earned it with his toughness. And he brought great success to what previously before the bubble was an absolutely floundering franchise. Mm, No doubt about that. Everywhere he goes, he seems to impact the franchise. Jeff, thanks so much for the time this morning. Great stuff as always. All right, coach. All right. Take care, guys. All right, you got it. Jeff Van Gundy on the Goodyear Hotline. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight for Game 4 as the Hawks host the 76ers. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Did you have something? No, I just was laughing. I was thinking when you said he got into a little scuffle here and there, and I was thinking about when he was grabbing onto the leg. Oh, no, I was morning. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Jeff's probably tired of telling that story, but it's always the first thing we think about. <laughs> Coming up, one NFL player said he's going to retire before returning to this team, and it's not Aaron Rodgers for whom the bell tolls. So that's after Jay has this from Hulu. Still pounding on that remote control night after night? Hulu has all the shows and the movies you love. Trust me, I have the app. And before you ask, do they have The Handmaid's Tale or Grey's Anatomy or Sports Center? Their answer is yes, they do. Whether you're sports or news or award-winning originals and premium channels, it's time to have Hulu. Hulu plans to start at $5.99 for thousands of shows, movies, and Hulu originals. And you can add other premium channels and live TV as well. And it's all in the same app. So you're not having to download a million things. Keep the drama on your TV and keep streaming simple. It's time to have Hulu. Restrictions apply. Hi, it's Greeny, and if you're like me, you're stunned that the Bucks have evened up their series with the Nets at two games apiece. Big win at home for Milwaukee. Do they have a real chance now to pull off the upset? We'll talk about it. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
Go A to Z on Keyshawn J. Will Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Alan Hunt in for Zubin. And what's going on? The Yankees, it feels like more than ever, are a disappointment beyond anything that you can comprehend when you consider the talent on the roster. So Aaron Boone was asked a real interesting question after a 7 nothing loss Sunday to the Phillies to complete a sweep to Philadelphia. The Yankees have dropped to 33-32. and 32. They've lost 7 of 9, 13 of 18, 4 and 11 in the last 15 games, second worst record in the American League over that span. And this, from a reporter's standpoint, was the exact question that needed to be asked with a follow-up. And, of course, as I always say, you got the answer you wanted, too. Take a listen. No. Why not? I, I, I know them too well, and, and I don't think there's any getting used to freaking losing. Hell no. All right. Hell out of here with that. <laughs> so, That's my Trojan. What I, what I didn't tell you is what the question was, which is, which I thought was in the cut, uh, is this team getting content with losing? And, of course, right away, manager would say no. And then talk about how it is just, you know, a stupid question. But it wasn't a stupid question. It was the right question to ask about a team that is floundering right now. Stupid question. It's not a stupid question. Well, you didn't think so. You're telling me a team, well, what would a manager say? Yeah, you're right. We are content with losing. No way you'd say that. Who, what athlete, what team are content with losing? You've never seen. Well, well, I know a lot of athletes yeah. that maybe aren't <laughs> mad at it. They just don't care. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. Any, I don't know. It. I don't know any real athletes that's content with losing. Not real ones. They are not playing like a team. That's a better question. They are not playing like a team that is desperate to win games. That They're would be playing a better, like a team that is in cruise control. That would be a better question. You're not playing like a team. What's the problem? Well, that's a that, yeah. Okay. What's the problem? That would be a better question. Okay, but not I think are it, you content with losing? Well, no. That sounds silly. But yeah. but it gets but you, you the know answer. how it is though, Key. Sometimes you know how some athletes like when the games are over, some guys just go on their way home. Some yeah. guys are laughing. It doesn't feel like there's that sense of urgency that you will want from a team if you're a player on the Yankees. If you're a team also that just has injuries and guys are out, you know, Clyde Frazier always says you can't help the can't help the club in the tub. Can't help the club in the tub. Right? Nope. And that's yeah. what that's what the Yankees are. You know, Aaron Judge misses a game with uh, another injury of some kind. The baseball and basketball are kind of the same. They scratch their finger and it's over. I don't know about that's the same as basketball. Baseball does have those injuries. Though. Basketball, same thing. You think so? Yes. So you I know you're a doc- sitting there saying that Jokic should have got the flagrant two. <laughs> he should have got a flagrant about? three. That's not then. That's not a flagrant <laughs> three. Then if we saw break it, trying to break somebody's nose, uh, please. Would he get thrown out of a football game? What do you do? What Jokic did? Would he? Would that have gotten him tossed from an NFL Breaking game? Breaking the football no. like that? Would you get thrown no. out of a football game? No, they no. chop chop at that all day long. Right. So that's not that's not you're not getting a flag for that. No, but if you if you do something like perfect trying to actually hurt somebody, mm-hmm. then yes, yeah, you get thrown out. Imagine doing that in an NFL game, an NBA game. That used to be. That was the nineties. Back in the day when it was real basketball. As Monica say, old men stuff. Yeah, I'm just kidding. That's uh by the way, the Yankees are a mess. The MLB weekend recap brought to you by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash win money. To open your free account and start winning instant karma, credit karma money, progress starts here. It's just that the Yankees just come off as this team that 
you just anticipate, oh, we'll get it right. We'll get it right. And every year they usually do. But we're getting late now, as Yogi Berra, a great They'll Yankee, once it right. said. It's getting late to be early. Watch them be in the playoffs. Well, that's what it always <laughs> happens, though. <laughs> Remember when you guys thought we were done? But never this late do they look as done as they look right now. Meanwhile, you know who else is done? Le'Veon Bell. Aye. He's done with Kansas City now. When does it start to become a you problem with this stuff? So, in a series of tweets on Sunday, uh, he did say he wished he hadn't aired a complaint about uh, the Chiefs, about um, Andy Reid, the Chiefs coach, on social media. Uh, but he said he doesn't change his opinion about never playing for Reid and the Chiefs again. He replied to an Instagram post over the weekend saying, quote, exactly that. I'd never play for Andy Reid again. I'd retire first. He said, though, after the conversations that he had with Reid, it's almost as if he was lied to, which sounds like previous stops with Le'Veon Bell. Is it? Is this a you problem with Le'Veon Bell? You know, I think sometimes miscommunication can always be an issue there, right? Was there miscommunication when he signed with the New York Jets? Did they tell him one thing versus another? Yeah, the GM told him one thing and the head coach said another. So he felt a certain way. He got out of there. He went to Kansas City in the free agent market, in the recruiting, whatever. And Andy Reid may have said, hey, if you're in shape, you fit good with us. Some of the things that you could do, we certainly want to use you. And we feel you could help this team. Then as they got him in there and they got things going, they said to themselves as a staff, he doesn't really do a whole lot for us, as we can see firsthand now. So I'm sure Le'Veon Bell is leaning on his initial conversation that he had with Andy Reid, which is, we can use you. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you an opportunity. And the opportunities never came because whatever it was that they felt was working, they went away from the Le'Veon Bell experiment and said, hey, this is what is getting but us our up, But what's up with him, though? Because ever since his holdout with Pittsburgh, where he finally gets, you know, moves the money. on. He got his money. But, like, what, what? he suddenly has gone from one of the best fantasy picks you could have in fantasy football to a guy that is just doesn't produce ever, bad, wherever he goes. Bad situations, man. He should have stayed his butt in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, be careful what you wish for. Sometimes, as they say, the grass is not always greener on the other side. Right, Jay? Right. <laughs> he gives you the right. Right. And we move on. <laughs> Cowboys are not Kyler Murray's favorite team. We'll explain next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.